0: was a rich man who wanted to be a blessing to his nephew. Of course, he was the uncle, and he wanted to just bless his nephew. He was wealthy, and his nephew was in need of a car. And the uncle, the wealthy uncle, went to the dealership, and... He was able to buy the best car in the lot. And he delivered it to his nephew. His nephew was just so thankful. He said, Uncle, I, I just cannot believe that you were able to get this for me. So thank you, I thank you, you saw my need, and I thank you for helping me because I, I really didn't have any transportation. So I, I thank you, Uncle. And the nephew drove the car three, four years or so. Then he called his uncle, he said, I really enjoyed this car, but it it just stopped working. And he's sitting in the driveway. Uncle, I thought this was just a great car, I just don't know what happened. His uncle said, well, they assured me on the lot that that was the best car they had. And then he said, nephew, I'm sorry to hear about it. I, I paid top dollar for it. Then the uncle began just to ask a few questions. He said, how, how often did you service the car? And the nephew said, service? What do you mean? And he said, well, did you ever take it in for oil change? I didn't really understand that the oil needed to be changed. Well, did you ever, what kind of gas? You know, that car was such a high quality car that they, they said you had to use the premium gas. Did you use the premium gas? He said, no, I just used the cheapest gas. It was easiest to buy. And he said, well, did you ever let a mechanic kind of look over it and, and, and tell you kind of the things that you need? You know, cars, they wear out. You have different things that you need. He said, well, I never let a mechanic look at it. I just drove it. I was just so happy to have it. And he said, well, did you check the battery? No, I really hadn't opened the hood. I I really, you know, I I don't know. I hadn't really let anybody see it. I I didn't really check, it's just sitting there. And the uncle said, well, did did you read the manual? And the nephew said, what manual? The manual in the glove compartment. It gives you the instructions on how to care for the car. And the nephew said, well, I didn't know it had a manual. But Uncle, I was just so happy that you gave it to him. I was just excited. I just started driving it. I thought it was just, you know, it just took it was such a good car. I thought it could take care of itself. And the uncle said, nephew, I gave you the best call in life. The best gift that I could give you, because I knew you needed a car. And you didn't take the time to read it, the instruction manual, so you can know how to care for the gift? He said, I'm sorry, Uncle. I messed that up, didn't you? He said, yes. Unfortunately, I believe many parents, many mothers, fathers, they experience this same reality with their own children. God gives the best gift When we fail to read the manual on how to raise them, on how to take care of them, how to keep the child to where they can optimally live and function and grow. Let's look at Psalm 127, verse 3. Psalm 127, verse 3. Let's read the um, NLT in this one. New Living Translation. Read it with me, everybody. Read. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Amen. Is that, is that right? They're a gift. Amen. Even as the uncle gave the gift of that car the nephew god has given us the gift of a child or children read that with me again read children are a gift from the lord they are a reward from him the lord blesses parents with children he gives us with children one of the greatest gifts of life if you've ever had the privilege of having children. And as we think about children being a gift from the Lord, I just want to speak briefly on a mother's responsibility. A mother's responsibility. Now, I was thinking about today and how we delivered the content of this message. Many times we On Mother's Day, we try to encourage mothers, and mothers, I want you to be encouraged. But as you look around us in the landscape of our nation, even our city, our city streets, you can tell that something has gone drastically wrong with our children. Can I say it again? Something has gone drastically wrong with our children. Our children do not mind. I saw the other day just breaking into a store with hammers and taking all the jewelry and guns out. It doesn't matter. They just go to a store like there's no law. They're just lawless in their thinking. They don't mind waiting behind a wall or a bush and coming out, putting a gun to someone's head and taking their car. They don't mind shooting someone over a little bit of nothing, taking a life. It's just there's something wrong with our children, the gifts that God has given. So today we're going to talk about the mother's responsibility. Again, mothers, I want you to be encouraged, but I have to talk to you about some things that I feel like the Lord would want you to understand today. And I thank God for Mother's Day because mothers are such an integral part of a child's life. There's nothing like the bond between a mother and a child. Uh, So close, amen? But I believe the enemy has gotten in between what mothers are to do with their children and even as the word tells us my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge amen and i believe that's what we're seeing a destruction of a people for lack of knowledge so the lord blesses parents with children more specifically today he blesses mothers with children gifts from the lord but there are some gifts, listen, that have to be taken care of or they will be ruined. There are some gifts, just as the car the uncle gave the nephew, that have to be maintained and, and cared for in a special way. And if not, if the correct nourishment and care and oversight is not given, the gift even from God to a mother will cease to be productive, and will many times be ruined. So let me give you a thought that will help us come to focus with what I believe the Lord is saying today. First of all, let me ask how many mothers, raise your hand, mothers, if you're here. Let me see the mothers. All right, a good number of you. God bless you again. Good to have you with us. I know that there are different seasons in a mother's life with their children you know you have a f- newborn i see newborn you have little children youth you know under the age of 10 and then you have teenagers and and then you have younger adults and then you have adult children i you have different seasons of time with your children as a mother i think this message today is probably more for the young the mothers who have younger children but Still, the older mothers, I need you to hear it because I want you to be able to take what you hear today and maybe uh, use it with your grandchildren. Amen. And your great grands. This is something that never gets old because it's the word of the Lord. Amen. So I want you to hear this. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29. This is the thought that will center our focus on our discussion today Romans 8:29 Now before we talk about Romans 8:29 a lot of people don't recognize listen let me say it like this many people just like the the nephew with the car you can receive a great gift but if you don't know what to do with it it will cease to be great After a a certain amount of time. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So you need to have a focus. You need to have an understanding. What is this thing that I have received? Amen. Man, I need you to hear this today. Because many things that I'm going to talk about today. I will talk again about next week. As we continue with our family. We're going to talk about family for the next few weeks. I I really need you to hear this. And and we're going to be more specifically coming from Colossians. In our, in our reading for next week, this week I'm taking a little different approach. But just stay with me because we're still going to be talking about family. So, when you have a child, you need to understand, as God gifts you and rewards you with a child, you need to understand what you need to do with that child. Amen. So, Romans 8, it gives us a thought that I want to kind of move from today. Romans 8:29 and we're going to read it from the NIV. Romans 8:29 NIV. I want you to read it with me? Read. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. For those God foreknew, in other words, in eternity past, God knew he would have relationship. He he had already had in his heart of hearts relationship established with certain people. And look, if you're saved, you're one of those people that he foreknew. And he foreknew this relationship to the point where it was predestined. Everybody say predestined means predetermined. From eternity, he had already decided that you would be saved and that you would be conformed. Everybody say conformed to the image of his son. All right, you've heard me talk about this like a thousand times, right? So what does conform mean? It means shaped, right? Molded. So before you were ever born... Before anyone was born, God already foreknew you. He already saw this established relationship with you. He already knew that he was going to call you out to be saved. He already knew. He already predetermined that you would be one of the ones of all the billions of people ever born. You will be one of the ones who he would choose to be conformed to the image of his son. And when you get saved, listen, he begins that work of molding you and conforming you so you can look like Jesus. Are you with me? So what is God's ultimate purpose for you? That you look like who? Jesus. That's his purpose for you. That's why it says, We've been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Why? That He might be the firstborn, or the first in rank, the first one, the first in the line of brothers and sisters. Who those brothers and sisters are to be like Him. That's what Christ-like means. That we we have been made brothers and sisters of Christ, and God is saying, My unique. Only begotten son is the one I want you to come out looking like. Are y'all with me? So watch this, mothers. Mothers should want to raise their children to look like Jesus. So that she can be in agreement with what God is doing in that child's life. y'all hear that so mothers you may say well i I have a child i'm gonna love that child i'll make sure that child it's got all the education i'll make sure they can they can be something in life let me tell you there's nothing wrong with that mothers there's nothing wrong with that but god is after your child for this reason that they will be conformed to the image of his son mothers you need to grieve with God as you raise your child and help them to be conformed to the image of Christ. Are y'all with me? You see, see, again, just like the card was given to the nephew, didn't know what to do with it. We don't know what to do with our children. We think, oh, yeah, we got children. Woo, praise God. I just love my little child running around. Ain't he cute. You better do something with that boy. You better do something with that girl. Because them cute days are going to pass by real quick. And then they become one of the ones outside breaking laws and get into all kinds of things that they should not get into. Even though they came from a God fearing home. Come on, somebody. So, mothers, let me say it again. If you don't know, you need to be in agreement with God about your child. You should be intentionally, everybody say intentionally, producing children who look like Jesus. And you may say, well, I don't understand what that means, Pastor. It's kind of general. I don't get it. Well, In other words, you should raise up your child to be Christ-like. Well, Pastor, I still don't know what that means. Let me tell you, you need to raise up your child, look, to have an attitude like Christ. To have a character like Christ. To have a mindset like Christ. Amen. Look, you help your children get saved and then you what? Disciple them. Let me tell you something. This is where it really gets dicey. Because most parents are not disciples themselves. This is where it gets dicey. Many of your children got baptized not too long ago, even right here, right in this sanctuary. It's a beautiful day for those young men and women who were baptized, who gave their lives to the Lord. But then, parents, you have to understand that there's something that you need to do. After, the water, after they come up from the water, there's something you need to do. Amen. Come on, say, I hear you, Pastor. Come on, say, I hear you, Pastor. Mothers, I urge you to get a plan in motion. Look, let me say it again. Mothers, I urge you to get a plan in motion to help your child become a disciple of Christ. You need to start thinking that way. What do you mean, Pastor? I thought I was just supposed to feed them and and make sure they go to school and make sure they got a roof over it. No, 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 that's that's fine. That's good. But ultimately, you care more about their soul and their mindset. Mothers, your Christian duty in the Lord is to produce true disciples. So let's break this down. Look at our first passage as we, as we now know the focus. What is the focus? To, to We need to get an agreement with God to produce a Christ-like child. We need to get an agreement with God to, to help our child be conformed to the image of Christ. We need to agree with God that if that's what God is doing with my child, that's what I need to help do with my child. Amen. Let's look at this. Proverbs chapter 20, 22, verse 15. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. We're going to read this first. In the New Living Translation, and then we'll read it in the NIV. Proverbs 22 15. Read it with me. Come on, read. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. A lot of times we don't know what foolishness is, but foolishness is a lack of understanding, it is a lack of wisdom. That's how your child is born. I know your children cute. I know you love them. I know you think your child is the best thing ever. But your child was born without wisdom, without the understanding of God. Y'all hear me. Y'all, y'all do hear me, right? So, so let's read that again. A youngster's heart is filled with what? Foolishness. All right, every parent, raise your hand if you got somebody under the age of 18 in your house. Your child was given to you as a gift. But their heart came to you filled with foolishness. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Your children come to you as gifts from God. But they are rebellious. They are selfish. And they want the whole world to bow at their I mean, y'all know, you can say amen because you know it's true. You, You know, you recognize your child in that statement. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, which means they lack understanding and wisdom. They lack the wisdom of God. But physical discipline will what? Drive it far away. Everybody look up. So parents, mothers, there's something that you can do to get that foolishness out of your child's heart, Pastor Mike I ain't getting nothing on this today. <laughs> 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 Let's look at this in the NIV. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. How many of y'all know that physical discipline in- includes spankings? Now see, now I'm, I'm talking to mothers who have little children. the Little ones, like 10 and under. Because after a while, spankings become Nothing. Little boys look at you and smile. It's spanking, it. What's that? Little boys that, that, that don't mean nothing after a while, mamas. You're gonna have to find another way. But I remember my mother used to always say she had two boys, she said she had to get her bluff in early with us. You got to get in the mind of your boys and your girls early so they can learn how to respect you as the mama. I'm talking to somebody right there, man. Physical, listen, physical discipline includes spankings, but also includes verbal correction, moral teachings, and other kinds of disciplinary action. So it's not always the spanking, all right? Spankers are good to a certain age. As you do it in love, but once a child gets a certain age, other forms of discipline are required. So let's, let's break this down. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. If you're a mother, especially a single mother, listen. I, I need you to hear me. I, I, I've, been pray, I've been praying, Lord, help me to, to deliver this in a way that, that you would want me to deliver it. So let's see if we can break this down a little bit. Make this note, folly. Folly is bound up in the heart. Put down on your paper, folly. What is folly? Well, it's the same word that, that the foolishness is talking about. But folly is it, really interesting. From the Hebrew, it, 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 involves, it comes from a word that means, write this down, arrogant. Flippant and a hardened fool. Arrogant, flippant, F-L-I-P-P-A-N-T, flippant. Yes, that's a word. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And a hardened fool. So folly deals with three types of things pretty much in a, in a person. Arrogant person, a flippant person, and a hardened Fool talking about their, their, under, their understanding that wisdom is lacking, it's not there. So, let's, let's break this down. So, folly is bound up in the heart of your child, mother. Folly is in your child. What, what am I saying? Arrogance is in your child, they're born with it. Flippancy is in your child, they're born with it. And they have a foolish, hardened heart, they're born with it. They have a foolish mindset. They lack wisdom and understanding of God. Like I said, I know they're cute. I know they're funny. I know they bring joy to you. But you've got some work to do. All right, so, so let's talk about the arrogant child. Let's talk about arrogance. Write this down. Arrogance is a sense of exaggerated self-importance. It, write that down, arrogance. When it's talking about folly, a part of that word folly is arrogance. A sense of exaggerated self-importance. See, if you don't drive these things, help drive these things out of your child's heart. They will grow up and think that everything is supposed to be about them. Are y'all with me? They will think everything is about them. Because the word God, te- the one who created us, tells us that folly is bound up in their heart. And a part of folly is arrogance. How many of y'all seen arrogant children? And guess what? After they get a certain age, they're hard to deal with. They, hard, they got a, hard, a horrible attitude everything in the house is about them if the, everything don't go right in the house about them they slamming doors they they, they crying they screaming they're gonna let you know that you're on the wrong path because it ain't coming about it ain't about me so look i'm telling you god says this is bound up in their heart that word folly not only means arrogance but it means flippant what is flippant? It comes from a word meaning to have a lack of proper respect. An attitude of disrespect. Raise your hand if you ever seen a teenager who don't have respect. Only, only a half of you all every teenager I've seen just about almost got problems with respect. Now praise God for the some that don't. Because somebody's done something right. But God has said that folly involves being flippant, having a proper respect, having a wrong attitude toward people that they should respect. Isn't that what we see in the streets? A lack of respect for the law, a lack of respect for teachers, a lack of respect for elders in the community. A lack of respect for women. That's what we see. God tells us that this is bound up in the heart of a child. Ask yourself. Have you seen it in your child? Have you seen arrogance in your child? Have you seen flippancy in your child? Have you seen your child walk around as if if you don't say the right thing and do the right thing. They're going to tell you as a parent that you wrong man it's a lot that they're talking about all the, the, the issues of teenagers in our culture suicide rate going up all these things increasing. What's really going on? The thing that's going on is we're not taking God his word. God is saying there's some stuff bound up in our children that need, that stuff needs to be driven away from them. Now, I don't know how many ways to say it, and I know one sermon won't solve every problem in the world, But but if I can just get one mother today to recognize that they have to begin to plan to deal with the arrogant, flippant, flippant child in their own house. I've seen some people, some young people. I, re- I, was, I was doing social work for years, and probably one of the worst cases I remember. I was a social worker who went into the house and they told me all the issues that was going on. And then I would provide services like counseling and things, we would we would, we had funding to go and get services for people that needed certain services. And one had a grandmother who had taken in her granddaughter because this grandmother's child, they're, they're, I think her son was in jail or something like that. So she had taken in her 15 year old grandchild and they, they got a report from DCS, so they called our agency. And we went in, and I, I was the case manager. And they, the grandmama told me, Mr. Robinson, you know, I love my grandchild, but she going to have to leave my house. I can't take it no more. This girl, we, we were fighting in the middle of the room the other day, physically fighting. My 15-year-old grand, we were in the middle of the, rolling around the floor fighting. This girl sneak out the house. This girl do all the kind of like, I'm not even here. Uh, Mr. Robinson, you're going to have, I can't take him no more with this girl. She got to go. How many of y'all know that many, many parents say the same? They're seeing the same drama playing out. Why? Because there's something in the heart of a child that has to be driven out. One of the first ways to drive out that arrogance, that flippancy is to get on their little behinds. Are y'all with me? Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the what rod of discipline will drive it far away. Oh, Pastor, I don't believe you got to spank no child. All right. They're going to spank you when they get a certain age especially them boys you're gonna have to do something you got to do something to get their hearts toward a what a godly view a righteous view and check this out your children when they're young they're not saved so you're dealing with a heathen child do y'all recognize you're dealing with a child? Is not say they're heathen, so you have to treat them as though I can't treat them as a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. I have to treat them as someone who needs to just learn the principles of God to live by. It's just like the president right now. I don't know if he's saved or not, but what I pray for him is that he would govern by the principles of righteousness, by the principles of God. It may not be in his heart, but he can still grab hold to the principles and put them into effect. Y'all see what I'm saying? Your child is not saved in your house and they, not, they just need to get the principles. What do you mean, Pastor? All right. Treat everybody like you want to be treated. If you see, look, if you see your child and they bullying that little brother all up and down the house, everywhere they go, riding in the car, they bullying them, that little, little brother, little sister crying all the time. You need to do something about that. You need to help them understand the right principle of life. With the godly principle, do unto us. Do you want somebody to bully you? Do you want somebody to treat you like that? Well, you don't need to do that. And the next time you do that, I'm going to beat your behind. You set a standard. Everybody say, set a standard for the child. You have to set a standard. And guess what? That, that standard needs to be consistent a child a child is very they they are smart they say all right see she mad today but watch i'm gonna do this tomorrow she's gonna be so tired she ain't gonna do nothing she ain't gonna do nothing why and you he can he do something make his little brother cry and you say boy you better stop that and you just let it on you ain't do nothing but just yell at him and and he in his mind i told she will not do nothing she ain't about nothing i told she will not do nothing y'all do know children think like that right I don't care how tired you are. Look at, look at a mama. Find a mama say, I don't care how mad you how tired you are. Come on, say, I don't care how tired you are. I don't care how weary you are. I don't care how long your day has been. You better provide consistent discipline every day. Because folly is bound up in their hearts, And you have to what? Drive it away. Okay, i tell you, if you're tired, come on, we'll pray for you. We'll get you some Geritol, we'll get you something. We, you, got, you can't be tired raising children. Because you only have a certain season to drive this mess away from them. You only have a certain season, man. I have to think about my girls, I'm like, I had one to graduate a week ago, I'm like, from graduate from college i'm like whoo lachelle you're getting old but you know i was like man can't believe this time is going by that fast whoo pray for us so your season to do the driving is not long and when you look up it's 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 over What they are has been set. So if you allow that that flippancy and that arrogance to remain in your child, it's going to grow up as a teenager with them. They're going to be hard to deal with. They're going to be hard to speak to. They're going to be kind of rebellious because what is already in their hearts. Look, let let me just, I'm going to stop this message right here. You need every parent, you need to look at your child. And see how they react to other people. If they are mean, arrogant, not respectful to you, their teacher, their teachers telling you, uh, you know, Johnny, he got a problem. He don't want to listen. You need to get on top of that. And what what do parents do today? Uh, well, you can't be telling me about my my child is fine. You the one that's the problem, teacher. That's what this culture is producing. We are defending arrogance, disrespect, and foolishness from our children who know nothing. Folly is bound up. What is folly? It has to do with foolishness. Foolishness, again, is a lack of wisdom and understanding that's in their hearts. Children don't understand anything parents, so why in the world do you try to follow your child? If I hear of another parent following, well out of my mouth if daddy, we don't need to What your child know? They ain't been nowhere, ain't got no education. What what do they know? And you're gonna have the audacity to follow their opinion. Man, y'all gonna make me mad in a minute, man. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it away. Now, you know, sometimes, as I said, in a certain age, you take that rod and you discipline their a little backside. But you do it in love. You know, you should really never discipline physically a child when you're mad. Because you could have a tendency to go too far. Amen? So if you're a single mother, if you're a mother with a father, it doesn't matter. Uh, you, you may say, well, Pastor, I, I thought, well, I'm not, let me not get ahead of myself. All right, so, so, so let's go to, to the next piece. Proverbs 22.6. I want to look at this in the New Living Translation. Now, before we get to that, I need to go back and address one thing about a mother who is tired and weary now, I remember, I mean, that's kind of just like a part of life, being tired and weary sometimes. <laughs> but, but let me encourage you, mothers, 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 develop a routine in your home, a routine of discipline. What do I mean? And, and this, is, this is simple, but it's not because you have to, you have to do it. Look. When you have a child, when they're coming up in your home, they they may go to school and they come home. This is is why our homes, it's tough in our homes because a lot of, sometimes the parent, the mama ain't at home when the children come home. Am I right about it? Because the mama may be working, right? Back in the day, some families, the mother didn't work, so they were there when the children got there, they could cook. They could have the food ready, they could have the house organized, and they could set a routine. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's nothing wrong with mothers staying at home being housewives. Because they can set a home up for learning and growth for those children. There's nothing wrong with that. But many times, many times, mothers, today don't have that option. But now, what do you do if you don't have that option? Mothers, you're going to have to make it. You're going to have to make it a point every day we eat. And at a certain time, place we eat, we're going to do some, we're going to do some little homework every night. Amen. And we're going to, we're going to go to bed a certain time. We're going to do certain, we need a routine. Just trying to help somebody. You need a routine for your family. And children need structure that is consistent every day. Every day. I remember when my girls were coming up, uh, one of them, they used to do their homework all the way on the dining room, always on the dining room table. Sometimes they did it together at the table. Sometimes one of them was in the kitchen. Sometimes, we, But they always knew this is homework time. You got to establish a routine with your children amen so that leads us to proverbs 22 6 NLT. let's read it together direct your children onto the right path and when they are older they will not leave it now let me tell you something a lot of people look at this and say man i, I thought i did that in my child crazy let me tell you something let me tell you something about reading the bible A lot of people say, well, isn't this a promise? Well, I mean, I guess you can use it as a promise, but actually, when you think of it, every book in the Bible is some type of genre of writing, and Proverbs is a certain type of genre of writing, and in Proverbs, it gives wisdom. But Proverbs sometimes it gives you a wisdom that maybe 90% of the time it's going to work. You just have to understand the, the history behind Proverbs and why it was written. It, is, it gives a succinct, succinct wisdom Proverbs or sayings that are true. No, There's no question these things are true. But Proverbs also takes into account that people make choices that are opposite of what they've been exposed to. So if you've raised your child on the right path, you've trained your child the way they should go, and they're not living that way, you always have to take into account. Proverbs said they won't fall from it, but it also leaves room for, yeah, but children make their own choices. And every child is not going to always follow the choice of God. I want you to remember that because a lot of times people uh, hold this guilt trip over them. I tried my child and they fail. Well, at the end of the day God sees every child on their own two feet and even if you have done what you need to do to that child sometimes that child will do the opposite. Do you understand that? Proverbs This, you you, you can say, well, I'm going to take that as a promise. Well, yeah, but Proverbs also leaves the door open for individual choice of a person. So 90% of the time, Proverbs is going to tell you, this is right. But sometimes, that child is going to go the way they're going to go. I'm trying to let some parents off the hook. because I tried, I tried. Well, ultimately, that child is going to have to be responsible to God for how they're living all right let me move on so proverbs 22 6 says everybody read it with me direct your children onto the right path and when they are older they will not leave it again 90% of the time that's true you you give them what they need they're gonna they're gonna come even if they leave they come back to it you know direct your children so listen there's a a, a commentator named uh Sid Buzzle. I, I love this uh he says this, and you may, I don't know if you can write it down quickly, but he says this. This is really what's involved in this, uh, this proverb. Because, uh, let's look at this in the NIV really quickly. Let's look at it from the uh, King James. Let's see what the King James is. I'm, I'm trying to get this trained. All right, everybody read it with me train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That word train, train up a child. Listen to what uh, Sid Buzzle says, I love this. He says, child training involves, listen, narrowing, narrow, a child's conduct away from evil and toward godliness and starting him in the right direction i love that again what, what what is he saying training a child involves narrowing a child's conduct away from evil and toward godliness and starting him in the right direction so let's go back to the not real quick real quick my time is, is quickly moving Direct your children on the right path, and when they are older, they will not what leave it. So what is it saying? You give a child the right start, the right direction. You watch over that child as they are in your house, as they're growing up under your supervision, and you make sure that they're exposed to more righteousness, more godliness than evil y'all hear what i'm saying and 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 you pour into them godly principles as you steer them away from the evil of the world you as a parent you have to like put up a little hedge around your child and say we're gonna look at certain things in this house we're gonna say certain things in this house we're not gonna allow certain things in this house you have to do that mama Y'all understand what I'm saying? You have to what? Narrow their vision while you have the opportunity. So how do you do that, Pastor? They probably don't need to be exposed to stuff too early. Like get them a phone when they're five. And put every kind of internet, everything, access, get them access to the world at five. Pornography, cussing, bad moves. Just give them access to everything at five years old. Here you go, babe. I love you so much. I'm going to destroy your mind right now before you even get started. Again, narrowing a child's conduct away from evil toward godliness and starting him in the right direction. You should have the right direction. Show them how to get on the right path. Come on, parents. Come on, mamas. We love you. Watch this, Proverbs 29, 15. Proverbs 29, 15. Come on, read it with me. What does it say? To discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. How many of y'all know there's a whole lot of disgraced mothers when they look at the news every day? Something is wrong. Why? Because the discipline was not provided. Are y'all with me? Let's look at that in the NIV. Read it. A rod and a reprimand. Say that again. A rod and a reprimand. What's a reprimand? A word of correction. A rebuke. When your child is unsaved, listen. You have to provide ongoing rebuke and words of correction. Because of what's in their heart. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And then you have to spank them some. Why? What are you doing with spanking and and providing reprimands, words of correction? You're driving evil away. You're driving that stuff that's bound up in their hearts. You're driving it away. So a rod and a reprimand imparts what? Wisdom. But a child left undisciplined what? Disgraces his mother. Y'all with me? All right. So, uh, as 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 I'm winding down, um, I I know I'm kind of just I'm just trying to cover so much because uh, I I feel like we need to have a a, a whole month conference on these things. But I'm, but 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 write this down. Mothers, you have to provide a home for a child that will help them grow uh, mentally. Let's just start right there. You have to provide a home for a child that will help them grow mentally. Now, now, watch where I'm going. Mothers, if you have uh, young children, young children, um, your house need to really be filled with books books everybody say books 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 all right so now now let me tell you how the enemy works this mama working everybody tired and frustrated the first thing you do we just got to get something to eat we got to get something to eat got to get everybody fed i'm tired we're gonna go back and get some church chicken popeyes we'll get them fed so they can stop crying Then we got to get to the house. Everybody got to get a bath. Got to get the clothes out for tomorrow. We tired. We to eat your food. Shut up. Sit down. Eat your food. You get, they give you a little note. Y'all going on a field trip tomorrow. You need $25 field trip. Right? Get, got, got to get that. Got to go to the bank early. Got to get my money because I ain't got that right now. So you're pressing for time. You wake up late everybody mad everybody everybody gotta get fed everybody, you know so you, you just you had a cycle of everybody mad everybody get fed everybody go to bed and you wake up again everybody mad everybody get fed everybody go and then you wait you got this whole cycle but in that cycle you're not producing a home where your children are growing mentally you gotta get some books Mama, I'm talking to mamas today. You need to start reading to your children. Your black babies need to hear words. And words. And, and then check this out. And then you need to start listening to how they say words. Because our black boys, by the time they get to the third grade, they shut down because they have not learned how to master words. Then they begin to act out in school. Watch this. Because they have not learned how to master words, English drives American culture. And if you do not help your boys and girls learn the language of English well, they will not only have problems paying attention but they will also be labeled early because they do not enunciate well and speak well, and they are black. Take time to establish a routine in your home that involves reading, that involve, you know, it's so funny, Kristen and Joy, they, they reminded me, uh, I don't know why we bought, Somewhere we bought them some little uh, school desks. You know, the little desks we used to have with the little front on it and the, seat, the hard wood seat on it and a little front table on it. And in the summertime, man, we had a little school at the house. They were like, Dan, what's wrong with you? So they would be doing a little work at the house. Why? Because, check this out. This is so important. You cannot leave up to the teacher at the school to educate your child. Education is the parent's responsibility. Just like, watch this, you can't leave up to children's church to educate your child about God. It is your responsibility. So, you got to to establish in your home, mamas, a place where your children can grow mentally. They need to start thinking when they're little children. Start asking them questions. Start talking to them like like they're smart. Stop all that baby talk. Wibby, we'll wibby, we'll and whoopie, we'll whoopie. We'll now, they need to be talking some language. Whole words. Because guess what? When they're saying that at seven and eight, that's a problem. Something has not transitioned in their mind. So, establish. a a, a home where your child can grow mentally. Those of y'all who got little babies, those of y'all who got little children, I'm telling y'all right now, you need to get some books from somebody. But now you you can Google stuff and just pick, it's just right there, get you a little iPad or something. Instead of having them play games for 10 hours, shooting Martians and blowing people's heads off on your game, get some books where they can read. And learn how to speak and think. Because T-caps, all these children flunk T-caps. Why? Because they they ain't reading. They're not reading. When you're not reading, you're not not learning to think, comprehend. So you can't even remember what you read. Why? Because it took you too long. You're trying to just get the word. You can't can't remember what you read because you can't get through the sentence. Because you can't read. So they put a clock on you. You got 15 minutes to do, to do 15 paragraphs and tell what it's about. 15 minutes. 15 minutes up, you ain't got through the first paragraph. Give you a whole hour. We give you an hour. But you can't get why. Because when you was little, nobody at the house helped you learn how to read and think. And guess what? Well, okay, okay. So next thing. You, you you got to set your home up where your child can grow in responsibility. What does that mean, Pastor? Give them boys some chores to do. Clean up your room every day. Clean up your room every day. Show them how to cook. Show them how to fry some bacon and cook an egg show them how to make some spaghetti show them how to cook don't let that boy just be in there playing all day on a video game bring that boy into the kitchen mama and show him how to be responsible enough to feed himself and one day he may have to feed somebody with what you taught him why am i talking so hard today can your child cook more than a bowl of cereal? I ain't talking about Fruit Loops. I'm talking about a cook. Can your child cook an egg, a piece of bacon? Can your child make a sandwich without destroying the kitchen? Can they handle just a little butter knife without cutting themselves? Or cut? can, can they be responsible? Tell them bookers to take some garbage out. Show them how to take the garbage out. Show them how to roll the trash can in front of the house. Mama, mama, stop doing everything for your boys. I don't know why I'm just keep stop doing everything for your boys. You have to let them be responsible. They have to grow up. Because one day, they're going to have to take care of a house themselves. Teach them how to pick their vacuum cleaner up and roll it. And then when they do it, don't just let them do it and go and sit down. You go and check them. If they didn't do it right, tell them to do it again. Do it again because you didn't do that right. Because check this out. That's why all these folks can't keep a job at McDonald's. They don't know how to do nothing. We told you to put the bun down, put the burger right there, put the pick, one pickle in the middle, one thing of ketchup, and, and put the bun on top. You can't do that. Why? Because your mama didn't show you how to do nothing when you were little. You fired from McDonald's. Can't even have it your way at McDonald's. All right, so so look so you got to you got to help your child learn how to be responsible this is the mother's responsibility hmm. a lot of people say pastor I just, I don't know. This is kind of hard. No, it's not. It's going to take, you're going to have to think. Just like I told you about giving, you have to what? You have to prepare and plan for giving. You have to prepare and plan to raise up the gifts that God has given you, those children. Amen? All right, my time is up. I just want, and I hadn't finished, but maybe uh, I, I can get to it. Uh, next week. Uh, I'm just trying to find one passage that uh, seems like I failed. Oh, there we go. Proverbs one Thank you, Lord. Proverbs one Because a lot of people I hear you saying, "Well, you, everything you're talking about passage is the man's job. this the man's job. For one thing, there are not many men in the home, so it's mama's job. Secondly, it is mother's job to teach as well. I want to show you that because a lot of times you say, oh, the man's supposed to be teaching. That's what Ephesians says. Well, let's look at Proverbs 1.8. Proverbs 1.8. It says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Yep, father gives instruction. But watch says, and do not forsake what? Your mother's teaching. Mamas teach. Mamas teach. And that word teaching is Torah, has to do with the word of God. Mamas teach the word to their children. Mamas teach so much. I'm telling you, mamas, don't let the season go by without you standing up to your responsibility with your children. Those gifts that God has given you. I just don't have time to talk. We can talk all day on this. But we're going to continue to talk about the family next week. We have a lot to discuss because there's some things that have gone drastically wrong in our culture. But I believe that those houses of God are supposed to be an example for the world of what children and family are supposed to look like. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you today. We give you praise. We recognize, Father, that you've given us these wonderful gifts of children. You've given us not only the gifts, but you've given us by your grace the ability to bring them up in a way that, that will be pleasing to you. We recognize, Father, that we have the, the ability by your grace to bring our children up and help them to be disciples so they may look like Christ in all they do, all they say, how they approach life. We thank you for that, Father.